Hi there, local citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. I'm your host, Florence Adu, and we're back for part two of my conversation with Nanakweku Ajemang. He is the founder and president of Hempire Association of Africa. He is also the CEO of Hempire Agri Ghana Limited. So Nana is picking up our conversation with a question that I asked about the legislation and the process of bringing it to fruition in Parliament in Ghana. So let's pick it up right there. So that brings up a curious question that I have about the seeds, because in my conversation with growers, we have our local, but quite a few are cultivating, and this is again, because it's not legal, cultivating seeds that are brought in from outside, and those are lucrative seeds. So how are we dealing with the actual logistics of getting seeds, cultivating seeds, selling seeds, Mm -hmm. and also the third-party review of the final product? Well, seeds is a big issue because, believe it or not, sovereignty of any country can be determined by the seeds. Exactly. And I say that because when you grow seeds, you produce food. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Now, what we will do, we will be taking our seeds from outside. Mm -hmm. They are certified seeds, Mm -hmm. Futura 75. They're very high in CBD and they're very high in fiber. Mm -hmm. And these are the seeds that we will be growing. Now, as well as this, this is for cultivation export, as well as this, once we have the laboratory up and running, that gives us much more scope in terms of producing our own seeds. Mm -hmm. And we also have to be aware that we must also grow to produce seeds, Mm -hmm. to produce cultivar. Mm -hmm. That's key. We have some large silos in place on our land where we're going to do all this and That is how we're going to ensure that we have our sovereignty when it comes to hemp. Because we will grow for cultivar. We will grow for seed. Mm -hmm. But initially, we will take the seeds from abroad, certified seeds that can be tested here, and we will cultivate them. And we are confident that it won't exceed the THC cap of 0.3. That what we are growing by and large, stays around 0.2. Okay. Uh, so yeah. how how are you able to do that? That's just basically some kind of hybridized science. Where is the science coming from in Ghana around hemp? Well, it's coming from us. Okay. <laughs> it's coming from us, uh-huh. and we're working with... As a membership organization, so you have members who are... No, a, no that's a business part of it. So oh, that's okay. Empire Agri Ghana Limited. Okay. The association is all about advocacy. Okay. But when we get down to doing the work, sure. it's business. Okay. And so we are working with pharmacists. Mm-hmm. We are working with chemists. Okay. We are working with general scientists to look at that whole issue. In fact, we appointed last week, if you were around last week, last week we appointed a gentleman who comes from Colorado, very experienced, uh, he's an African-American, and when it comes to seeds and seed banks and genetics and all this thing, we appointed him the director of cultivar and process uh, operations. And he will be moving back to Ghana in eight weeks' time 
nice. with his entire family nice. to take up that position. And he has a lot to teach us. Right. Because he has been exposed to that while we have been running around doing something else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you sit and talk with him, it's an eye-opener, to say the least, when he starts breaking the whole thing down. Yeah. We can't wait to even get him back here because even on the issue of compost, mm-hmm. you know, where we would say that some of our land is deficient with nitrogen and this and that and what have you, we actually throw away every day everything that can make our earth more fertile. We discard it. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And this man has come here and he's given me a long list of all the stuff that we need to collect and bring on site. Mm -hmm. It's basically rubbish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's rubbish Mm -hmm. that he's asked us to collect. Okay. And there'll be no charge for the rubbish. I mean, we must just get it it to where we're going. And so that's what we're looking at. That is what we're looking at. We've got everything here in Ghana. We have, yeah. We've got everything here in Ghana. Sure. It's just that we don't know. How to you know, assemble it. So that's the, learning, all together. the learning curve. Yeah, so we've appointed someone who's, who's very well learned in this field. It's wonderful. And he's going to head the laboratories, mm-hmm. um, infusion, extraction, okay. and all this kind of stuff, as well as just you know being able to test the hemp when it's grown we will also produce testing kits for those who aren't in our immediate vicinity so that they will be able to test their produce remotely and bring the results back to us and of course we will take samples ourselves Mm -hmm. from their fields to test to see how the whole thing correlates with the testing kit etc 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 because um, whilst I say that it won't exceed the 0.3. It's very important for us to also deal with the tests in order to refer back to Narcotics Control Commission because mm-hmm. they themselves are going to be coming in when they feel like to do random tests and this and that right. and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we must also stay on top of it because, you know, 0.31 means your crop is no good. Right. It means it must be burned. It sure. must get rid of it. Sure. But isn't there potentially a way to dilute what the... So so rather than destroying it, because if we're talking about this crop is at, say, 0.35, and you have this crop, but that's the raw crop, right? So yeah. once you come to do some processing, potentially you have the ability to bring it down, bring it up. This is just a question. Yeah, no, is you that, can't actually do that. That's got to be done at the seed stage. I see. Yeah. I see. So you can't do that. And the fear that people have is that the sun will bring out the THC mm. in the hemp. But I don't fear that. It's not going to happen. Okay. That's not, that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a centuries-old plant, so yeah, it's the, there's it's, some science to yeah. the levels. It's not going to happen. What we're growing will stay Within beneath the that cap. Got it. There's no two ways about that. Got it. Got it. Got it. So... Let's turn a little bit to the finances of all of this, right? So, again, we're dealing with what is not necessarily a legal activity, right? Hemp has been legal, but it's kind of this gray area to some extent. So how have you been able to finance and fund your operations? And how do you see newcomers or new entrants into the market being able to do the same? 
Well, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Okay. And that's what you have to do. Sure. I mean, we have our offices here and clients come in and they register with us and all that. But essentially, you have to find the finances to keep everything going. Mm-hmm. We haven't been in this office for a year. We've been in other places that perhaps wouldn't have represented the business that we intend to do very well. Mm-hmm. And so we're happy here, but it calls for you know, strong financial commitment from all the directors involved. Okay. Because at the end of the day, when you come out the other side, you're going to be smelling of roses. We don't have any tractors yet or any of those right. things. Right, exactly, the high capital. Yeah, we, we don't have any of those machineries. And, and we know that there is significant demand for finance if we are to acquire these mm-hmm. machineries. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we're starting with a cutlass and a hoe. That's where we're starting. And I'm sure as we go through, because it began, something is going to crop up that will make machines and everything available to us to make things much more easier. I know it's going to happen. But as it stands at the moment, we're looking at a cutlass and a hoe. Everybody who's with us, looking at a cutlass and a hoe. There will be some who are there who are fortunate to have machinery right from the start. We won't begrudge them that. Mm-hmm. It's their business. Mm-hmm. And we should all prepare to defend our business and try to get it off to the best start as possible. But I'm confident that we'll get equipment. Sure. We'll get equipment. Sure. I am too. I definitely see this as the newest agricultural frontier. I think it's low barrier to entry for the most part if you understand what the dynamics of the business are. But it's a long business, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that it's not, I mean, you mentioned the two-year, three-year turnover. It will take maybe five years to get to that point, right? So Possibly. It shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. Because if you're on contract one and you've earned three million over a two-year period, 750,000 of that has been your expenditure. Another 3% of that has been taxed. Even if we say you've got two million left, you can start to produce for yourself. Right. You can say larger, yeah. you can say to us, instead of us giving you three harvests a year, we'll give you one mm-hmm. and we'll grow two for ourselves. Sure. We want to start producing CBD or, right. or we want to start producing paper mm-hmm. or we want to start producing plastics. Mm-hmm. Things can turn around. Yeah. Because if you look at plastics, for example, every year we have the rainy season. The gutters are choked, etc., etc., because we've got plastics in there that are going to stay there for the next 100 years mm-hmm. before anything happens to it. Mm-hmm. When we start manufacturing, processing the hemp and manufacturing the hemp and producing hemp plastic sachet water bags, for example, you know, the plastic bottles that we drink, the water out of, and all these things, you will see that. These things biodegrade within 16 weeks. Right. They'll be gone within 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. So there won't be an issue of our drains becoming blocked and all that because, let's face it, people do throw trash in the drain. Mm -hmm. So if they're throwing biodegradable plastic in the drain, 16 weeks and it will be gone. Right. And that will lead for a better environment. Right. For for starters. Right. So, I mean, that's just one aspect. Mm -hmm. That is just one aspect. If, for example, and that gets rid of the petroleum plastics and all this that we've got that is just hindering our progress, Mm -hmm. 
Well, say, for example, you start producing CBD oil and people start taking CBD oil instead of the opioids. Right. I mean, the pharmaceuticals won't like it. Sure. And they'll be against it. They'll, they'll come down with you know, a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the, the health benefits for our nation are going to be vast. Right. We've got lots of children here who suffer from epilepsy. Yes. We've got lots of children here that suffer from autism. Mm-hmm. And even adults too. Mm-hmm. And we're feeding them opioids that can't help them. Mm-hmm. But or we, not, because they can't afford them. Well, so. That's even that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but we have seen that when we administer CBD to children who have epilepsy, the seizures begin to slow down over a period of time. Let's say over six months, mm-hmm. the seizures have slowed down. You probably used to have them you know, twice a day and that kind of stuff. Now you're having it once a week. Mm-hmm. Now you're having it once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Until they eventually cease. Right. You know, we've had kids who are autistic say a word or two. Mm -hmm. That's been, you know, I can't describe it for the parent, the joy that the parent feels when the kid has not been speaking. Yeah. But, you know, after taking this oil for a period of time, the kid is now saying one or two or even three words. We've had some amazing results with what we're doing. We've got some capsules that can deal with high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And these capsules have the THC in them, far beyond what is being touted for industrial hemp. Mm -hmm. We're talking about THC levels of a minimum of 20%. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, because let's face it, that's where the healing comes in. Right. And that's what I wanted to ask is because in my understanding, there is some, the three... 0.3% 0.3% is something, but to actually activate the CBD, there is... You must have THC. Right, you exactly. Must, and lots of it too. Yeah, yeah. CBD is good on its own because it's anti-inflammatory. Sure. It relieves pain. Sure. It can do some things yeah. on its own. Right. When you add THC to it... It becomes... You're, you're talking about a cure. Right. You're not talking about... Something that will just give you relief. Right. You're talking about a cure. Right. It and accelerates. That's why, yeah. Yeah. And that's why the Rick Simpson oil is the best. They tell don't us, like you to talk about tell it. Tell us about Rick Simpson. I'm not familiar. Oh, Rick Simpson, he was a guy who did a lot of work on cannabis mm-hmm. and he produced a very rich black oil that come out of the cannabis. And when you take that, and, you know, the pharmaceuticals won't like it. You can cure cancer. Of course. I've you, heard you can, so many. Yeah, you can cure cancer. Yeah. And it's not just a talk. Sure. It has cured cancer. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the pharmaceutical companies were up in range. I don't even know where Rick Simpson is because mm. he's had to make himself disappear. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Because everybody's after him. Okay. Because as far as they're concerned, he's destroying their pharmaceutical business. Mm -hmm. But, you know. And I wonder, because this is where I'm now feeling like the pushback. And I think we're probably blessed that they haven't been paying attention here in Ghana because the biggest pushback across the globe is the pharmaceutical side. Yeah. So in Colorado, for example, and the U.S. in general, pharmaceutical companies have gotten into the CBD, the THC, the basically the cannabis business because they've understood and have processing that can deal with it. Yeah. And then now we have beverage 
manufacturers that are now entering into the market. So where do you see big business, small business in our sector and in Africa as a whole? Because it feels a little bit like a big business to start, right? How do we ensure the small holders, the well, small... What we've got to do, I mean, especially here in Ghana, is we must own this, you mm-hmm. see? And, and when I say we must own this, we must make it quite clear to the government of Ghana, this is our business. Mm. This is our industry. Mm-hmm. We have given you the gold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have given you the oil. Mm-hmm. We've given you the bauxite. Mm-hmm. You have the cocoa. And even last week, the cocoa board said that it owed 1.6 billion US dollars and that it was broke. Do you understand? Look yeah. how long they've been running that. Are they yeah. kidding or what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've milked it to high heaven. Everything sure. that I've talked about, yeah. the gold, the oil, the bauxite, the cocoa. I mean, the cocoa farmers have never earned anything good from growing cocoa, yeah. yet they continue to do it. It's a hand-to-mouth experience. What do they get paid? Just the other day, they've now said that a 40-foot container should be 10,000 US dollars. Oh. That's a joke. Yes. Yeah. That's a big joke because if I'm saying to you, 35 acres of land it's produce 25,000 exactly. kilos of hemp and you earn half a million US dollars, mm-hmm. that's a joke. Yeah. Because how many full 40-foot containers do they need to give them 500,000 US dollars? Right. Can you imagine? Right. And now the cocoa board is saying it owes 1 billion US dollars. It's a loan they took. Wow. It's a loan. So where does that leave the cocoa farmers? Yeah, broke. Where does that leave the, the cocoa market. farmers? Yeah. That's why we're here, because we want to make government know that, look, this is our business. Mm-hmm. It's not your business. This is our business. You levy your taxes. Accordingly, right? Yeah. yeah. You levy your taxes, and we will pay the taxes. And if then you say, well, there's certain social intervention schemes that you want to lead on because you're government, because you have newly generated internal funds. Fine. But leave us with our business. And that's how we can ensure that the small farmer, the small-scale farmer, the medium-scale farmer, the large-scale farmer, can all participate in that terrain and earn what they're supposed to earn because the industry is a massive industry. It is. It's a massive industry. We have thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of acres that are lying vacant in Ghana. Right. Ready. It's just there. Yeah. And this is an easily cultivatable crop. Yes. Yes. You know, you're looking at 16 weeks. Yeah. That's what you're looking at. Right. So... This is the message that we want to give to the government of Ghana so that they know that this is our business. Just right. put the tax there. Even if you want to say 10%, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Just leave us to get on with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope that's yeah. the... Uh, so speaking of in that vein, my next question is my mindset hack. So this is what I ask. What is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? So this is one that you know of or one that you can imagine. My mind what? Sorry? Mindset hack. My mindset hack. Yes, hack. A hack. <laughs> hack. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, these things. 
<laughs> when you come up with questions like these, it requires a lot of thought. I mean, it's not as simple as saying he he began on. I think I'll have to pass on that question because it's not something that I've interrogated. Uh-huh. And to be honest with you, there's lots of different mindset hacks that are out there now. I probably want to combine a few. I find it difficult to answer that at the moment because okay. so many things motivate me. Okay. So sure. many things motivate me. Sure. And it's not just as simple as breaking it down like that. Okay. Okay. You're the first person to be stumped by the mindset hack question, mm-hmm. which is, and I appreciate that because that you said there's so many things that come into mind. Oh, yeah, I appreciate there's, that. There's yeah. no one thing. I couldn't point to one, but they're a combination. They're a combination. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so last bit, we're getting to the end of our conversation. So I want to ask more about the products that you are now, you mentioned, you know, the toothpaste, the services. How did you and how have you been able to produce and distribute some of the Empire brands and products? Well, they're not actually Empire brands yet. Oh, okay. Where we are conducting research and development on that. Okay. I can show you a couple of brands. Oh, yes. You hold on one sure, moment. Sure, sure, sure. This is hemp soap. Okay. That's hemp soap. That's one of our brands here in Ghana. That's it's very one. mild. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's one of our brands. Okay. This is CBD that we produce here. And this is topical or edible? Full, full extract. It's topical or it's edible? Oh, it's both. Ah, okay. It's both. Okay, so you can it's cook both. with it, you can yeah, put yeah, it on yeah, your skin, yeah, yeah. you can... Okay. Yeah, it's both. Nice. But it's packaged this way because it's for patients. Okay. Yeah, they're going to ingest it under their tongue. Okay, like a Pro- tincture yeah, yeah, absorbent. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And know. so the oil is pure extract, coconut oil. It's a full... It base, it's based... The coconut oil is the base. Yeah. And then we've cold pressed okay. the rest into there. So you've okay. got THC is in there, CBD sure. is in there, CBDA, okay. CBG, all of the everything. spectrum, the yes. full spectrum, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is the full plant. So yes. flowers, yes. leaves, stems, everything, everything cold pressed. Cold Interesting. And the machinery to do this. So let's say I have my small garden, I want to plant some plants. The machinery to do this, is it available in Ghana? Where can I find it? (laughs) (laughs) You won't be able to find it. I mean, essentially, even though I think it would be, the courts wouldn't be out of place or the enforcement agencies wouldn't be out of place to understand how important this oil is. Mm -hmm. And they would also understand that there's no issue of consuming this through smoke. It's not for recreational. It's still illegal. Yes. It's still illegal. So this little bottle could probably get you 10 years. Wow. Yeah, could get you 10 years. So would you say that that's maybe 100 milligrams, 100 grams, like the... the Oh, that's 100 milligrams, just about 100 milligrams. Of THC, of cannabis THC. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's other products, but I mean, what we do is we, in terms of research and development, Uh when you have your laboratory, you're able to break down the composition. Exactly. This is what we want to do. This comes from the UK. Okay. It's a body wash. It's fantastic, actually. Got it. It's a hemp toothpaste. It's now you can get that in in Ghana. Okay. Nice. You can get that in Ghana. Okay. You can get this too. 
in the stores in Ghana. Okay. But nobody has, you know, I mean, essentially, even these people should be going to prison for them. Right, because they because have the, the content, yeah, yeah, the regulations are not out, sure. da, da, da. Sure. You know, this hasn't been tested by FDA uh, okay. and lots of different things. Yeah. But basically, we're going to study everything. You can try the cream. The cream's very nice. Uh-huh. Very nice cream. We're going to break down the compounds and see mm-hmm. what Quite is nice. there. Because mm-hmm. once you've broken down the compound, you can make your own. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you sure. can make your own. Sure. And it's coming out of Ghana. Okay. So we could produce our own organic hemp oil skin lotion that comes straight out of Ghana. Right. You can't get it from anywhere else exactly. unless it's from Ghana. Exactly. So the value chain is what is in front of us. This is a massive industry. Absolutely. And I don't think people have really realized the potential of this industry and what it will do for the Ghanaian economy. People haven't realized it yet. No, they haven't, which is fine, because I think it will definitely transform where we are. And so, last piece, Empire Association of Africa. Yeah. So what are your sites? The Empire Association of Africa. Yeah, the Empire Association of Africa is an even longer term project. But you see, we look at OPEC. Okay. And we look at OPEC, and when we look at OPEC, those boys sit there and they tell you, this is the price of oil. Mm -hmm. The only thing they haven't been able to tell you is that, look, we don't want your US dollar, pay it in this currency, right? Mm -hmm. Gaddafi wanted to do that. Right. Yeah, and they knocked him off, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But OPEC determines the price. Mm -hmm. And we need to be in a position whereby Africa dictates the price of hemp. Because make no mistake about it, Everyone will come into Africa to cultivate because Absolutely. in states you can only go twice a year. Yeah. In Finland once a year, Switzerland once a year, yeah. certain other European countries once a year, Canada twice a year, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Right? And the only time they can go beyond that is when they put up these expensive greenhouses right. with dehumidifiers and Costly. sprayers and plenty of lights and all this. Whereas we don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. We just put the seed in the ground and it pops up and it grows. Exactly. You know, we ain't got the lights, we ain't got the humidifiers, we ain't got the sprinklers, we ain't got all those little gadgets that they put on a program in and it comes on at this time, goes off at that time, this, that. We haven't got any of those. And those add to their costs. Right. Their -hmm. production costs. Mm -hmm. And they want to reduce that because they're extremely greedy Mm -hmm. people. They want to exclude that. Don't get me wrong, it does make business sense too. And in order to exclude those costs, they've got to come to Africa. Yes, yes. They have to come to Africa. And so if they want to participate, we must have ways in which we ensure that their participation is worthwhile for us. Exactly. That's what we must ensure. Mm -hmm. And if they want to purchase, they must know that there's one price for all of us. Mm-hmm. You can't go to Botswana and buy it for less than you can buy it in Ghana mm-hmm. or in Nigeria or in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. There must be a uniform approach to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So the Empire Association of Africa is all about putting Africa on the same page so that we speak with one voice. Got it. doesn't matter who you go to, this is what we're doing it for blah 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 you can go and check somebody else Mm -hmm. but you're going to be told the same thing now it's up to you 
as to which country you want to actually deal with. But you won't be able to play off one country for another. And you see, what's also very important about the Empire Association of Africa is that it dovetails into the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Right. Do you understand? Because there are some parts of Africa where they're not going to be growing any hemp. Yeah. Because the conditions don't allow for hemp to be grown. But they may still need the produce. Right. They may still need hemp cream. They may still need hemp plastics. And they may be able to process because they have better energy security, whatever. Yeah. You know, so we really need to start talking to ourselves. I have this. What do you have? Mm -hmm. It's called trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's called trade. And it's something that because we've been conditioned to a certain extent not to trust each other and all these kind of things, not to work with each other, that has also caused stagnation of the continent. Mm-hmm. You see? And now we have African continental free trade. Mm-hmm. What it has meant is that we put the tariffs up for anybody who wants to export something in. Right. Right? right. The tariffs are now higher. Yeah. So you can't just come in with these low tariffs, make a bundle of money, and then it's ship the money back out to where you are. Right. It's not working like that. Yeah. And so that encourages us to trade amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's going to be a good thing. So Empire Association of Africa, we dovetail into that. We promote trading amongst ourselves. But if other people want to come in and trade, we must be able to tell them that this is the price. And it must be a price that works for us and works for our economies. It must be a price that nobody can get around. That price must be paid. And we will decide when it goes up and when it goes down. Just like OPEC do. They decide how much it is a barrel today or we've lost two cents to the barrel or whatever. We can also make these kind of key decisions. And that's the wealth builder because that is the reason why OPEC countries and economies thrive in the ways that they do, particularly if they have large volumes of oil. Exactly. And we can have large volumes of cannabis. Yeah. Large volumes. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. Nice. So, before I let you go, I always like to ask a question that tells us more about who you are, not what you do. So, are you a reader, a watcher, or a listener? Well, your questions are getting harder and harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all three. Okay, so tell us some of the best reads you've had or some of the more interesting things you've watched or music that you're listening to now. Well, the best read is, for me has been the philosophies and opinions of Marcus Messiah Garvey. Okay. And it's been the best read for me because I've seen that this has been the only man of color the only African who was able to gather millions of other Africans together and focus their mind on the development of Africa. So much so to the point that he had established the Black Star Line and that Black Star Line sailed with people who had been taken away from Africa to Liberia. And his teachings about Black first and everything after is for Africans at home and for those who are abroad. These are fundamental to our survival, to how we see ourselves. And that's been my best read. 
those were my best read. Okay. And I've read quite a bit. Okay. That's my best read because it talks about race first. Mm-hmm. And I believe in race first. I'm a nationalist. Mm-hmm. I believe in race first. No matter what you do, mm-hmm. race must come first. Mm-hmm. You know, then everything else comes after. And you say that in the context of having lived in the West, because we're all the same race here in Ghana. Yeah, but we don't know it. They've, you see, ah, yes. once we say Good that, point. Good point. you have racism abroad, but you have tribalism at home. Mm-hmm. And that's an ism that they introduced to us. Right. And when they had the scramble for Africa and they just started cutting Africa up and awarding it to themselves and all that, they created something when they did that. Because the Frenchman will look at the, the Anglo-speaking African some way. Mm-hmm. And the Anglo-speaking African will also view the French-speaking a certain way. The colonizers created that scenario. Yeah. They created that because before they came and demarcated the place, I didn't view you any different to how you view me, whether I could speak your local dialect or not. What we all had in common was, was we were all Africans. Sure until they came in and did what they did. And they've changed things up a little bit mm. for us. Sure. They've changed the boundaries up. But, you know, we must all see race first. We must all see Africa first before we see anything else. I mean, look, we have all the resources here. It's quite clear. They've done all the research in the world. And everything points to Africa as still going to be having the most oil, the most this, the most that, the most this and whatever, yet we only have a 2% stake in the global economy mm-hmm. because people are still in here stealing from us mm-hmm. and we are still watching them and in some instance we are facilitating the theft as well. Absolutely. Do you understand? I do. I'm not going to blame it all on our Caucasian brothers, even though they are the root cause, but some of us have taken up their mantle better than they could even take it up. Of course. Yeah. You know, and so we're still suffering. Sure, sure, sure. So it's going to be race first. Okay, okay. So the philosophies and opinions of Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey, yeah. Marcus Messiah Garvey. He was born in Jamaica. Yes, yes, yes. He was born yes. in Jamaica. Yes, yes, yes. Set up the Universal Negro Improvement Association mm-hmm. back in the early 20s mm-hmm. in uh, the United States of America. Brave guy. Very. To, to do that yeah. at that time when they were lynching people just for fun. <laughs> you got to be some tough guy. And exactly. you got to be some tough guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my best read. In terms of music, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. I love music. I love my high life. And, you know, I love my hip life. I also love reggae. Mm-hmm. I also love soul. I also love R&B. Sure. There are some white artists I like. Black music is your thing. Yeah, it's my thing. Mm-hmm. It's my thing. So I listen to a wide variety of music. I tend to like music that's coming out of Nigeria more okay. than I like music coming out of Ghana. Uh-huh. Our Ghanaian type of music still hits me because it sings about things that resonate with me, love and this and that. You know, I'm a bit of a dreamer. You know? mm-hmm. You know, I like the love thing and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But what I love about Nigerian music more, I can always hear the African beat inside. Yes, 
It's the musicality of it. Yeah, it's not minus this African beat, Mm -hmm. whereas ours, it's like, it's almost pop music. Yeah, you can hear the machine of it. Yeah, Yeah. it's almost pop music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the Nigerian music, you listen well, there's an African beat going on there. And so I love it more, so... Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, so I love my music. What was your third one? Read, read, music... Watching, well, I'm a football person. Oh, so okay, so you've been if, watching. If football is on for 24 hours a day, I'll watch it. Who's your team? My team's Leeds United. Leeds? Yeah. Leeds I don't hear United. much about that. No, well, I mean, I started supporting that team when I was about nine. Okay. And around that time, they were kicking ass. Sure. Things have changed significantly. <laughs> okay. But they're back in the Premier League, and okay. I still have time for them because they really groomed me into football, into football yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm an Easy United fan I'll watch football from now until never I like watching the news as well because okay. the news is quite edifying so I like news I like documentary stuff I like the stuff where you see the animals and all that kind of stuff nature like, yeah, yeah I like a bit of that as well mm-hmm. um, there's some good movies yeah. there are some good black movies out okay and so sometimes I'll turn on the Netflix and Check it out. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, all right. Well, you got some reading, some watching, some listening details. So I'll put some links to some of those um, genres as well and the show notes. So, Nana, thank you so much for your time. I wish I'll have to have you back at another time and maybe do a salon with a few other people to talk more about this because I love this topic. I think it's so current for Africa. Mm-hmm. It's definitely about economics, particularly, you know, looking at ECOWAS in general. I know Nigeria is making moves, you know, Senegal is making moves. So there's rumblings around the continent about this. So I think this is something that we definitely want to continue to talk about. But until then, any closing words, last words for now? Well, <laughs> cozy words. <laughs> I've never listened to your podcast before, so okay. I'm feeling quite enthused to listen about it and to follow you and see the other type of people you get on your show sure. and what the topics are. I think I like the fact that you're doing this because not only are you an African, but you're an African woman. And I think that we haven't been able to give as much credence and encouragement and support to African women. We tend to become scared and shy away at the thought of empowerment of the African woman. And to me, to a certain extent, I believe if we had more African women at the helm of our affairs, that things would be, we would all be in a much better place. I second Uh, that. uh, Cheers. Thank you for that. Yeah. So... I mean, that's my cosy support. Okay. Because men have been running things time immemorial. We have not got it right. But we still force through with our masculinity, we must be there. But I don't think that's the case. I think we need to make way gracefully so there'll be a joint participation of women because women have lots of great ideas, but they're not heard. Particularly in Africa, in many cases. And I think voices of our African women is something that we should pay acute attention to because we've missed a lot of the script as men. We've seriously missed a lot of the script. So I'm really encouraged by 
what you're doing. And I look forward anytime you come back to me for a round two. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And then on that, I gracefully say to you, my audience, you can catch us with new episodes each and every Tuesday at www.globalcitizenspod.com on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. And until next time, bye for now.